with youth and young people, and each one of them have a unique perspective, and they're, they're reaching the lives of these young people. And I'm excited to hear what they're going to preach tonight because, uh, you know, it's, it's great to hear young men and women uh, who are connected. They know the things that they're going through. They, they get to uh, get out there in the battlefield, and, and they spend time with them every day. And I'm excited what God is doing in their lives, and I'm, I'm just blessed to be able to work with them. So without any further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce our first speaker, Hannah Cook, as she comes. She is a, our high school teacher. Let's go ahead and, and welcome her. Thank you. Let's just take a second and continue to give God some praise. Can you just give God a, a hand clap of praise? I just first off want to start by saying thank you so much to Brother Sapp and to Sean and all the support of the ministry and giving me this opportunity to speak to you tonight. Um, tonight, if you could, if you would like to turn in your scriptures and your Bible to Matthew 13, I'll be reading from verses 3 through 8. And it says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no depthness or deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were, not, or they were scorched because they had no root and they withered away. And some fell among the thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. But Jesus continues to state, and he says in chapter, or verse 8, But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. You may be seated. In this portion of scripture, Jesus is talking to a multitude, and he's teaching them this parable about the sower and the seed, and even the disciples, as they're listening, they're confused, and they're wondering exactly what is Jesus teaching, and, and what is he um, trying to convey with this story. And Jesus explains to them that the son of man is the sower, and that we are the seed, and, and that some seed are thrown to the ground, and there's different scenarios that come up. There's different things that happen that prevent those seeds from sprouting, from taking root. But he mentions that there was one seed that was successful, and that seed fell into good ground, and it brought forth fruit. Jesus makes it clear that the one who falls into good ground and produces fr um, also produces fruit. The salvation process, as many of you know, many of you know, um, is, does not stop at repentance or baptism. It is a continuous growth that is measured by your ability to produce roots and to grow fruit. If I could for a moment tonight, I would like to speak to you about the five factors of bearing fruit. Now, I am no plant expert, so I turned to the most knowledgeable farmer I know, the internet, and I learned exactly what it takes for a plant to grow and to bear fruit. And the first thing I've discovered, the first factor, is that it takes a lot of effort for a plant to grow fruit. Perhaps you kept a, a, a garden of your own or maybe a house plant and you realize that, you know, as soon as you turn away, it seems like it's, it's starting to get dry and it's needing some, some care and some attention. And, and maybe, you know, it, it takes a, a little bit of, of care and, and um, a commitment. And in the same way, we must daily tend to our relationship with God. We cannot expect fruit or spiritual fruits to grow in our lives without putting forth some sort of effort. We need to have that same care and that same commitment in our daily walk with God. Factor number two, 
you need the right conditions. Now, we know that the sun is essential in helping almost about everything grow. It's very important, right? Um, but there is a season for everything, as scripture states. And chances are, when many of you first came and experienced God, you were probably going through what seemed like a difficult storm or maybe a dry season in your life. And I can tell you from experience that if it were not from those storms in my life, I would have never sunk roots into the word of God. And if it weren't for those times of drought, I never would have sought God in prayer for his grace or for his mercy. Sometimes we don't know why we're experiencing the things we do. But if God used those situations, whatever they might be, if he used those hard and difficult situations in times past to help you first experience him, or to help you, you know, um, get past some things and, and come closer to him, then chances are you probably still need those moments even now, even though they're difficult. And he can use those. If he used those to help you grow in times past, he can use that to help you grow even where you're at today. Fact, factor number three, it matters who you are planted next to. Did you know that many fruit-bearing plants can benefit or even um, need other plants near them to help them bear fruit. In the same way, we need each other. We need other people. Scripture states that we should not forsake the assembly of the church. And truly, what better environment is there than a group of people who are like-minded, who are meeting together for the same purpose, to grow, to bear fruit? So if you have some sort of deficiency, if you see, I'm not, you know, I'm not measuring up, there's some area in my life that, you know, I'm, I'm not really producing that fruit that I need to, then you, we need to be in church. We need, we need each other. We need a friend that we can call and, and maybe get a, a word of prayer for. Um, in the same way, we can have a negative effect. You know, we, we also need to watch if, if we are with people who tend to be a little impatient, then that might kind of rub off on us. So we need to um, consider the people that you grow with in your life. Find yourself some friends and some people that you can confide in, some people um, who can be an inspiration to you. You know, there are several people in the church that, that I look up to and try to embody those fruits, try to be and, and um, act as they are. Number four, barriers protect our fruit. I once kept a small garden, and I realized that if I left my, my plants out without some kind of barrier that animals were coming and thought that I was preparing a salad for them and they were coming and um, you know this taking taking plants and taking the fruit that I worked so hard to keep and um, I realized quickly that you know just about anything was willing to come and to tear and you know bugs and, and anything was coming to rip apart that garden so you most of the time you really need to put some kind of barrier you know to protect your fruit and in our own lives we need to consider what measures are we taking to protect the spiritual fruit of our lives? It says in scripture that Satan roams, roams around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Do we have a barrier? Are there people in your life that keep you accountable? Or in what areas have you created a boundary line? If we don't have a fence of holiness, all of the diligent efforts, all the fruits that you work so hard to produce, all of the effort and all you put forth, it could just be spoiled in an instant. We need to make sure that we have some kind of boundary line in our lives, that we have people we can be accountable to. We need to make sure that we have that safety net of the church in our lives. And finally, factor number five, do not be afraid to be picked on. Fruits serve many purposes and have a great value. 
Um, you could think about per fruit. You know, it's it's great for your health. It ha can be used for many different situations. It's you know, it ha has a value and a price. But do you know what the least valuable fruit is? The one that just sits on the tree. You may not feel all that talented or like you have much to contribute to the work of God, but do not belittle the value of the spiritual fruits that you cultivate. What hurting person in your life could benefit from your kindness right now? What ministry could be blessed with your faithfulness? Our growth is not just for our benefit, but it is also for the health and the well-being of others. So I would ask you tonight to consider, are we the successful seed? Are we the one that fell on the good ground and is producing fruit? And what areas in my life do I need to continue to grow? It says in Galatians 5, verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, love, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. If this is something, if, if you know, there's an area you know maybe I'm, I'm a little weak in that and I don't quite have that fruit just yet, then we need to examine our lives and look and see, is there, is there something that I can do, you know, to promote that fruit and to strive toward those things? And I want to leave you with that thought tonight. Thank you. Let's give the Lord praise for that word that definitely ministered to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Hannah, for letting the Lord use you. It is so good to be with you all tonight. Sean uh, called and asked if I would be willing to come and minister on a Wednesday night, and I was like, that's the cream of the crop. <laughs> I was like, yes, what an honor that would be. So with that being said, thank you, Sean and, and Pastor and Pastor Sat for letting me come and minister to you all. If you'd stand with me and turn to James for, uh, chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. And it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced fruits. You may be seated. Verse 17 mentions that Elijah was a man just like us. He had a nature just like you and I. Besides just controlling the weather, I'm sure you can think of other things that Elijah did. He visited a widow and her son, and the last ingredients never ran out. He called fire from heaven. God sent him and gave him food in a cave. Now that is some room service. Amen. He experienced God's presence on Mount Sinai, even taken away by a chariot into heaven. He challenged the priests of Baal. This man was uncomparable to me. I can't even think about sharing the same nature, the same thoughts as this man. My point being, we would probably never compare ourselves. However, specifically in verse 17, it mentions that Elijah shared the same nature. Most of the time, we disqualify ourselves from God's service because we just look at our humanity. We think God won't hear our prayers because we couldn't be good enough or we sin too much. We begin to disqualify ourselves and remove the incredible miracles and testimony God is wanting to produce in our lives because we just assume we're not good enough. When Elijah first prayed, he prayed that the rains would stop. For three and a half years, there was no rainfall. This, was, this caused extremely hard conditions. 
desert-like conditions. In 1 Kings chapter 17, it mentions that the stream where Elijah was commanded to go and drink from ended up drying up. This was right before God performed a miracle by sending him to the widow and her son. Through our lack, God is setting us up for abundance of miracles. God is working in your dry season of lack to bring forth those miracles. However, we must be obedient when God speaks. I'm sure many who believed in God, of the God of Elijah, had assumed that he had forgotten about them and wanted them and left them in this dry season. However, Elijah prayed again. This time it rained, and not only did it rain, but the Bible mentions the earth brought forth fruit. If we want to see fruit prosper in our lives, we need to fertilize it and we need to care for it. This needs to be done more than just once. Seeing fruit in our lives should be the norm as an individual with the Holy Spirit. However, it does not come on its own, but rather it's produced. It's developed through our walk with God. We desire these fruits in our lives. This entire month, Pastor has been focusing on fruits in our lives as Christians and that we should bear good fruits. Mentioned in Matthew ver- chapter 17, verses 15 through 20, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, and bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. You will know them by their fruits. In saying this, can an unbeliever look at you and see your life and see your faith in God by your belief and faith in Jesus that he will answer your prayers? The struggles in our lives, do we instead complain or do we count it on joy? Because in Romans 3, I mean, excuse me, Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, Not only so, but we also give glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not, does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Later in Romans, it says in chapter 8, verse 28, we know that all things work together for good through those who love him, who have been called to his purpose. My point is, even as human beings with our nature, we want to see the miraculous. We want God to put those fruits in our lives, no matter how hard it takes when he tries to cut us back or, or bring forth fruit when those, those pains are, are taking place. I encourage you, when you see prayers with no avail, pray again. We pray for someone, there isn't a change in them, pray again. When we, when we want a healing, but the doctor report says that we're still sick, pray again. When there's a drought and all you want is your fruit, pray again. When you're wanting a breakthrough from the Lord and you're not getting it, don't give up, but pray again. Producing fruit takes time, fertilization, and care. Don't give up. Don't stop fasting. This world needs to see your fruit. Be encouraged by your testimony, by the miracles of God that he's done in your life. And I encourage you to keep praying. Thank you. Awesome word. Praise the Lord, everyone. How's everyone doing out there? Woo! Let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the fruit that you bear tells whether you're an authentic Christian or not. 
Matter of fact, the fruit that you bear is what you're going to be judged in the end times. We're all judged according to our works. Our, our works are what produce fruit, right? It is whether you're a genuine Christian or you're not a genuine Christian. But where the rubber meets the road is whether you have fruits or you don't have fruits. If we go to Matthew 13, 1, it's actually the same scriptures that uh, my friend Hannah read. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the sea, and the great multitude was gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the, and the fowls came, and they devoured them up. Some fell upon the stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up became, uh, because they had no deepness of the earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. I heard, uh, I saw, actually, I think Aaron Robb said this. Look at your neighbor and say, no roots, no fruits. Yeah, or he found it on Twitter or something. I don't know where he is. No roots, no fruits. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and they choked them. But others fell into good ground, and they brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 19. We're going to skip down to 19. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one that catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not rooted himself in that dureth uh, for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He leaves the word the moment times get tough. He also that receiveth the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and he that care of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches and choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. You're too distracted to do the things of God. You're too preoccupied to do the things of God and it chokes the word from you. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that receiveth the word and understand it which is also beareth fruit and bringeth forth and hundredfold, sixtyfold, some thirty. What is your soil? What is in your everyday soil? You see, the seed cannot be changed. It represents the gospel of God, the very word of God. It has never been changed. It can never be changed. It is forever settled in heaven. It is your response to the gospel that allows us to bear fruit. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. The seed cannot be changed. No matter how much this world tries to mutate it, no matter how much this world tries to lie about it, I can always pick up the good book and read it for myself. His word will never change. It'll always be there. It'll always be in your life. It'll always liberate you. Just pick it up and read the words of life that come from it. 
let's take a look at some of the soils that the sower spreads some seed. You see, it is impossible for things to grow in, or it, it is possible for things to grow in rocky soil, but usually plants don't live long. Plants must have roots down in the soil, but in rocky places, the rocks hinder the roots from going deep down. Any seed that started with thin roots is not able to hold themselves for a long life. Once the sun comes up or whenever there's a storm, it'll uproot that plant. It'll kill that seed. Other seed fell among the thorns. The thorns grew, they grew up and they crowded all the plants out. What is the number one rule about pulling out a weed? Get it by the roots. So the kids over there, I know your daddy's making you work out in the front yard. You got to get it by the root. If you don't get it by the root, a weed or a thorn bush, what happens? It'll just grow right back. And the thing that is so destructive about a weed is that, and what farmers will tell you about weeds or about tares or, or about anything that is invasive to something that produces fruit or vegetables, is that the weeds are strong, they're invasive, and they will take over an entire area by choking out the plant that's trying to bear fruit by eating all of its nutrients, by taking all of its time, and by removing it from the land so it dies it can no longer produce fruit it is strangled by the thorns finally the other seed fell on the ground in the soil and it produced a crop of 160 and 30 times more than what was planted farmers experts say farming experts know exactly what kind of soil they are in they know exactly how to grow their crops they will add the right kind of nutrients and the right kind of fertilizer. They will add the vitamins so that their plants can grow strong, so that they will produce fruit. They want their seed to grow into large, healthy plants that will give them good fruits and vegetables. If it is done right, a handful of seeds will produce warehouses full of fruit. If your soil is right if you are giving it nutrients you are watering it if you are taking care of your soil then you, there is nothing you could possibly do but produce fruit jesus said that the the same seed that was dropped produced no crop the same seed produced some crop and the same seed produced a great crop there is nothing wrong with the seed. There is only something wrong with the soil. The seed was placed in different places. It was the same seed, but the condition of the soil was different in every place. This may seem like a strange story that Jesus tells, but remember the people that he's talking to at the time on the shoreline. Most of them are farmers. So Jesus is trying to relate to them. Not by telling them anything new about farming, but by using word pictures and, and discussion and dialogue that they would understand. But what he was trying to do was teach them about the kingdom of God and something that they didn't understand by using something that they did understand. This is what Jesus was saying to the people. The seed that is sown is the gospel and it's the good news about Jesus. The soils are the people's hearts and their choice that they make about the message. The condition of the person's hearts can be compared to the different kinds of soils that receive the seed. Let's take a look at the different soils. We had the hard path. 
Some seeds fall on that path. The bird came by and ate it up. Do you know what else represents crows and birds in, in the Bible? Satan. If you look it up, I never actually knew this until I looked it up. But in a few instances, Satan is referred to as a bird that snatches away. So he snatches away from, from people who have hardened paths in their life and they do not allow the word of God to sink into their hearts. If people do not receive and respond to the word of faith, their opportunity may be stolen by Satan himself or the evil one, as it was explained in Matthew 19 through 23. The rocky places. Next, some of the seed fell into the rocky places. These people hear the message with great joy, but the seeds are on rocky soil. They do not take root. They are shallow. They seem to be happy to hear about Jesus and his great love. They do not let it sink into their hearts. On the outside, they express great enthusiasm, but inwardly, they do not carefully consider what they have. They're shallow. Their roots are shallow. They're shallow people. They're in it for the wrong reasons. Just like the men of God who would fake fasting and they would come and they would look like they were fasting, but they weren't. They had the reward. People would say, oh, wow, you're fasting. You're a great Christian. Good job. And Jesus would be like, what? That's ridiculous. I know your heart. Who are you trying to please? You're shallow. Your religion is shallow. Your faith is shallow. All you care about is what this world has to offer. And then in the thorns, still other seeds fell among the thorns. Some people hear God's word and they start to grow and to bear fruit. You can bear fruit while the thorns or while the weeds and the thorns are growing in the place next to you. But soon those nutrients will be drawn away. How many of us have ever had something in our life where I was producing fruit and I was producing fruit and I was, I was right with God and everything was, was going well and, and I couldn't, and God was having me prosper in his kingdom and all of a sudden something got into my life that began to draw me away from the power and the source of God and my fruit became smaller and it began to dwindle away. I got a new job. It just takes too much time. I've got kids now. They, they take way too much time and way too much money. That makes me have to go get another job. I just don't have the time and I don't have the energy or the effort to bear the fruit that I used to bear. Something is going on in my life. I'm living depressed. I, I don't have the energy. I just have so many distractions in my life. I'd rather see what's on Netflix, the next thing that I could binge watch. I, I, I'd rather be on my video games. I'd rather do something other than the kingdom of God. I'm distracted. And the weeds slowly begin to take up the nutrients of your life and they choke out the plant, the seed that was once thriving and growing so strong. And now I barely bear anything. And I fall in danger of being the tree that is hewed down and casted into the lake of fire. This is dangerous stuff. God does not play when it comes to fruits. He does not play when it comes to your faith and to your works. Gotta find my spot. Okay. But just like when you plant actual seeds into the ground. The message of the kingdom is like the same. It will gradually grow. We do not plant a seed and see a plant the next day. 
true growth takes time. And sometimes when we plant seeds, we see different kinds of things that actually grow. Some trees produce fruit, some produce vegetables, some produce lots of fruit, and others produce a little. Even soil that produces a small crop is a good crop. It's just like having many talents and somebody else not having as many talents. You just have more responsibility with those talents. Use the talents that you've been given. Some people become missionaries to other countries. Some people just simply share God's word, his love to their friends and the people around them. Everyone who is connected to God will bear some kind of fruit. Not all of them will be the same, but if each person allows God's truth to grow in their heart, it will be the right kind of fruit. You don't choose the type of fruit that you have. Jesus says this, I am the vine. And you are the branches. If anyone remain joined to me and I to him, he will bear a lot of fruit. You cannot do anything without me. You must stay connected to Jesus Christ because without him there is no fruit. You can't do it on your own. You have to do it with Jesus Christ. You have to lean on Jesus Christ. And the more Jesus I have in my life and the less time that I give to the distractions of the world, then the more my tree will grow deep into the roots of the kingdom of God. The more fruits that I will bear, the more stable I will be, the deeper the roots, no matter what storm comes my way. It doesn't matter if God be for me, then what can be against me? I am rooted on the word of God and the people of God. Sadly, there was only one kind of soil that produced fruit. The other three did not. You got a 25% chance if you're in statistics. Instead of good fruit, their lives are full of worry. It's full of fear. It's full of greed and frustration. They think more about themselves than about the Lord. This is our life. If this is how we feel right now, if, if, what, if I reflect on my life, if I look at my plant, am I producing fruit? And what kind of fruit am I producing? Am I producing the fruit of the world or am I producing the fruit of God? And that's all I want to leave you with today. Can we all stand here tonight? My, 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 my. Praise God. I am so thankful that I've got two coconut trees that produce a lot of coconuts. And me and my son have spent time opening those coconuts, draining the water out, putting them in jars and refrigerating them. So satisfying. And then, of course, during the summer months when the mangoes ripen, we have enough for ourselves. Our neighbors get free mangoes. Our other neighbor gets free mangoes. Church folks that sneak into my yard while I'm gone get free mangoes. Don't shake my trees, okay? Just let them fall. <laughs> then you can pick them up. But 
this is something that the Lord is very concerned about. Um, very, very concerned about. And Brother Keith, I'm not sure if the rest, if the other two mentioned, but uh, I noticed there was one thing that you said. Everything stood out. Everything was incredible by all three here tonight. But this is the reality. People don't judge you by how smart you are, how talented you are, how gifted you are, or how charismatic you are. They judge you by the fruit of your life. And what's going to attract them to the tree of life in the midst of the garden is the fruit that they're able to see. Sister, I believe it was Hannah, said, you gotta, you got to be willing to be picked. And, and I wrote down, you got to be willing to show your fruit, to share your fruit, to let other people see it and handle it and taste it. Because the reality is they're either going to taste something bitter or something sweet. And if what they taste and what they see is sweet, they're going to come into your garden and they're going to look a little closer at the tree of life that you claim to have in your garden. So the fruit of our lives are either attracting people or repelling people. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you follow me, that you're being conformed to my image. By this. What, what is that? What is that? Does anybody recall what that is? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. By the truth that you preach, by the gifts that you possess. Huh? By the talent, by the ability, by your dress. No, it says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you actually follow me. Someone say, the fruit is love. That's the fruit of God. That's not just what God does. That's what God is. And I, I heard that emphasized tonight. The fruit of God. The fruit of the Spirit. And that's the reality. If you want people in your world to listen to what you have to say, you got to show them some fruit that is real and that is a reflection of who and what He is. Praise God. How many really wants to bear fruit? Bear fruit. Not of yourself. It's not of yourself. The branch doesn't produce the fruit. The branch bears the fruit that the tree produces. Hello? And the bigger your branch is, the more capacity you have the more life will flow into you and the more fruit you'll bear. And you'll be able to bless a lot of people with that fruit. Praise God. So thank you so very much. I took notes on um, what you guys shared. Thank you for taking the time to study and to put this together uh, tonight. Before we close in prayer, is that all right if we close in prayer in just a moment? All right. 
Um, in fact, if you'd like to honestly be more intentional, more focused, more determined to yield your life to God so that His fruit can be manifest. If, if that's you, then I'm just encouraging you to just step out from where you are and, and come to the front here. And uh, we're not going to be sad or anything like that, but we're, we're getting ready for something. We're getting ready for something. God's preparing us for something. In fact, the good news is, you know what, you know what, can I give you some, some good news in addition to what you've already heard? Guess what, guys? You ready? You ready for this? The soil composition can be changed. Huh? You may be dealing with some things. You may have a heart condition, but I'm telling you, your heart condition can be changed. Because the church, we don't just work with, with trees and plants. We also work with soil. And sometimes we're, we we got to get our hands dirty to help one another. Amen. And utilize the resource of God so that the soil composition can be changed. Hallelujah. Aren't we glad of that? Come on, just because you're this condition doesn't mean you're going to remain in that condition. The soil compos composition can be changed because we're not just farmers. We're also soil conservationists. Hallelujah. And we're willing to work with you. And I hope that you're willing to work with us. Let me say something in closing that the Lord brought to my attention. I shared it with a few people. I've, I've been excited about it. It's really changed my life. And uh, it's, it's helped me, and, and it's helping me to help other people. Are you ready for this? I, I hope this revolutionizes your life. You ready, Brother Wilson? Now, I know this isn't, this isn't the State of the Union address right now, but, but what I'm about to share with you is so important. It's going to change your life if you'll let it grow in you. If you'll let this principle, this concept, this revelation grow in your life, it's going to help you. And I pray that it gets so deep in you and gets rooted in your life that the plan of God, the plan of God will be implemented in and through your life. Here it is. We Tell somebody, Frank, we have the message. We have, I want you to just, just look around and say, hey, we got the message, don't we? We got the message. Yeah. We got the truth. We got the revelation. We got the message, Brother Mario. Oh, yeah. We got the goods. But in addition to the message, we've got to have the right manners, the right methods, and the right motive. The, me the message is unchanging. It's never going to change. But some of us need a change of method, a change of manners. There's a way that you present the message. What are you saying? Basically, what I'm trying to say is we have to learn how to utilize the wisdom, the grace, the knowledge, the gifts, the fruit of God and create the right environment. You listen to me? We have to learn how to create 
the right environment. If we want people to receive the message of truth, then we've got to be like God and create a healthy environment. Does that make sense? Where did you get that from? In the book of Genesis, before God created a man and placed man, He created a perfect world, a perfect environment. A perfect environment that could sustain His perfect creation. The environment came first. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? This is the principle of God. We as ministers and Christians and leaders and teachers need to learn how to create the right environment so that people will kind of open the gate of their soul, open the window and let the sun shine and let the life come in. There are people that will not receive the message if the environment isn't right. That's why we have to create an environment that is so healthy and so safe that will foster and facilitate growth, development, spiritual reproduction. This is a part of what God's trying to accomplish. We're wanting to abide in Him and His Word in us. And we're wanting to see fruit. And we need to see. And God expects to see that. And listen, and we want to, we want to be productive. Don't we? Don't we want to see other people come in? But I'm going to tell you something. People are not offended by our message. There is, many people are offended by our methods and our manners and our lack of proper environment. Oh, yes. That means they need to come in to an environment that is without abuse. That means there should be no disrespect, no strife, no slander, no classism, no prejudice. No manipulation, no intimidation. Don't speak condescendingly. Don't belittle someone because they know less than you. Or they have less experience or they're younger than you. Because when you do, you're creating a bitter environment. And that's the fruit that they're going to taste. And if they taste bitterness in your environment, they're not going to go to the tree of life. Because you have repelled them instead of attracted them. I'm telling you, God gave this to me instantly in just a moment. I never read this. I didn't Google it. God just gave it to me. And, and, and I'm so overwhelmed by it. And I hope that you will hear this. I hope the word of the Lord, the Spirit of God directs this. And it's so deep into your life that when you come in contact with people who are different, who don't believe the same as you, you need to approach them with respect and with love and with compassion and with care because if we don't listen if we don't possess and cultivate and maintain the fruit of the spirit the character and the compassion of God then we're going to repel more people than we win and that's not the will of God they need to be able to taste us. They need to be able to see us because we are a reflection of Him. We're made in His image. Listen, that means our classrooms need to be safe. Our Sunday school, our youth services, 
our services in general, they need to be the safest place on the planet. They're coming, they're coming from a world that is full of abuse and toxicity and pollutants and distortion and defilement. They need to come into a healthy environment that will foster and facilitate growth. Hallelujah. That means I've got to be willing. There, there has to be some things die. There has to be some things that die and decompose and become fertilization so that true life can come forth. Hallelujah. And if we're going to create that, we have to be that. It's going to take more than lights and a good sound system and a great music program. It's going to take you and I becoming healthy people, safe people, lovable people, peaceable people, respectable people. Hallelujah. If you want to be a safe, healthy person, hallelujah, to bring forth the fruit of God, so that others can come around you and feel safe and be able to let their guard down and hear what you have to say. I long for the day where all of the people of God will come into the house of God and they will have this spirit. I'm glad to be here tonight because this is the healthiest, most peaceable, most loving, most inspiring, hallelujah, most encouraging place I've ever been. That needs to be our lives. If you want to be that, if you want to become that, when you just lift your hands with me, come on, as we move, oh, yes, and approach the Lord tonight in prayer. Oh, God, oh, God, we want to be so yielded and so submitted to you and everything that you are. Hallelujah, that the kingdom of God can really come forth, that the kingdom of God, Lord, can be manifest in and through me to produce the right environment for all men to see and to hear and to experience the true God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, God wants to help you. He wants to help you grow to become a lovable, peaceable, loving person, inspiring, encouraging others that you can make others feel safe when you're there. Come on, God wants to produce that kind of fruit in and through you so that the world, when they see you, hallelujah, they will see the glory of God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, vocalize it for just a few moments. Vocalize it, God. Vocalize it to the Lord. I, I don't want to be just a carbon copy. I don't want to be just a church attendee. Oh, Lord, I want to be a child of God. I want my life to be evidence that I'm following the Lord. Hallelujah. I want the fruit of the Spirit to be manifest in my life. Hallelujah, so that the people around me, the people in my life, that they can come into my presence and see love and joy and peace and temperance and long-suffering and meekness and gentleness and goodness and faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Why don't we just join together in prayer with each other? Come on, I, I, I know we're, we're closing this service, but we're not done, and God's not done. We're going to leave here with the Holy Ghost working in us. We're going to leave this service tonight, amen, with the Word of God convicting and inspiring us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, yes, you can. You can become a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God in manifestation. Not just declaration. Hallelujah. God, I need all the toxic things from my mind, my spirit. Hallelujah. I need my attitude to be changed. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I want to be a healthy person. I want to be a safe person. Oh, God. I want to be able to manifest who and what you are to my world. Praise God. I want to work with the Lord to create the environment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, I want to work with the Lord and create the right environment so that everybody that comes into my presence and everybody whose presence I come into, I'll be able to touch them with the goodness of God. Hallelujah. That my motive can be right, my methods can be right, my manners can be right. And if those things are right, they're, they're, they're more apt to hear the message of truth Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord, to submit, God, to you, to you, to you, to you, to you. You're the potter. You're the husbandman. God, help our soil. Help our soil tonight. Hallelujah. Because there's nothing wrong with the seed. Hallelujah. And if people will receive the fruit of God, we'll be able to drop the seed that is in the fruit. And when the seed finds soil, it's going to germinate. It's going to gestate. It's going to grow. It's going to move them closer to Him. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, come on, come on, come on. Take this serious tonight. The Lord is counting on you. Come on, the Lord is not sending a group of angels to do this. He's sending us. He's raising us up. God doesn't have a second plan. He doesn't have a plan B. This is it. We're it. Oh, God. Come on, bear fruit where you are. If you're in a valley, bear fruit where you are. Don't wait for things to get better. You get better by letting God reign in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we pray and that we demonstrate the kingdom of God. That's the environment the world needs. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in and by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If you receive the word of the Lord, would you just lift your hands tonight? If you receive the word of the Lord and you're willing to be changed, if you receive the word of God and you're willing to be changed, come on, we're 50, 60 years old, some of us. I'm telling you, you can still learn. You can still grow. Yes, you can. If you're 80 years old, Moses, you've still got room and time 
to grow. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all can sing whatever song you're going to sing. Oh, my God, teach me. Teach me. Teach me who you are. Because I can't reveal and reflect someone that I don't know. My God, that's why we need the knowledge of God. So that we know what we're supposed to be revealing. We know what we're supposed to be reflecting. Hallelujah, Jesus. Fellowship with one another. Oh, we're going to create the right environment for people to hear.